0: Welcome to The Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff, David Judge, and here we are at Season 2, Episode 17 of The Hot Seat, where we release a new episode every second Tuesday and talk to industry influencers that have worked hands-on in the real estate industry to see where they find current and future trends going and what you can do about it to support and grow your business. So, um, out of interest, we're at, what, like I said, 17? Uh, We were supposed to be doing 18, but we have a few extra episodes than we were expecting, so we'll have a few bonus episodes, no doubt. Anyway, putting that aside, today's guest is Lauren Robinson, who is an industry pocket rocket growing a rent roll from zero to 550 properties in four years organically. And is one of the best business people I've known, especially when it comes to continuous improvement. And she's actually set up a fairly successful business that practically runs without her. Now, whilst Lauren is a client, I've actually known Lauren prior to being a client for many years ago when she used to work for a business you may have heard of called Pro Rentals. Now, on top of the many other points during this interview, we actually discuss Lauren's transition from being an employee to a business owner where she was building a team. Anyway, with that in mind, here are a couple of the other highlights from the interview. Lauren discusses why after 17 years, she still enjoys the industry and how she uses personal development to maintain focus and drive. What is high tech, high touch and how Lauren empowers her entire team to influence and make the decisions to keep driving the business forward. Lessons learned in growing from a one team member to multiple team members and establishing a brand that had zero properties to 550 totally organically and the sacrifices that you have to make, especially in the first year. And the importance of constant improvement in any business and how Lauren uses that to stay relevant in today's industry. Overall, I have to say the feel of this episode is a little more serious than a lot of other episodes we we have recorded, and we actually discuss some of the harder topics that we haven't discussed before, especially around the profitability of a business and assessing if owning a real estate business is actually viable in today's environment, and especially when you're trying to react to different threats that are coming over the horizon. So it's interesting how we go through and we, we talk about that. Anyway, that's enough of me talking. Let's get into this episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Anyway, let's go and roll it. Welcome to the Hot Seat Powered by Affordable Staff. I'm David and I have... Damian. And we have... Lauren. Lauren, where are you from, Lauren? From Rental results Fantastic. Well, welcome to the Hot Seat. We appreciate you coming on today and answering a couple of questions about where, you, uh, where you've come from in the industry, where you see it now, where you see it going in the future, and then whatever else rolls. How does that mm-hmm. sound? Sounds good. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk a little bit about Lauren. So um, how did you get into the industry?
1: Yeah, I guess I started back in um, property management when I was like 19, so yeah, it's been a while. Um, (laughs) I started with, um, at Pro Rentals, so, and I worked there for, I started in leasing and I worked there for eight years, moving from leasing to Junior property manager or assistant property manager through to senior property manager when I left there.
0: Mm, and over what time frame did it take for you to progress in your career?
1: Through? Yeah, I guess I was in leasing for two years yes. and then start and all I wanted to do was be in property management. Yep. And so then I moved into property management after those two years and then and then moved up to senior property manager over that time.
2: You were really successful in that business, weren't you? Like, And I suppose a little bit, we met a few years ago working for another business together that I ended up coming to work for and you're already there but you were like I suppose extremely successful in pro-rentals
1: yeah I think um I mean I guess obviously the time that I was there and also the amazing training we had as well really Mm. helped um so that was yeah an exceptional office to work for
0: it really was a leader in its time, wasn't it, in mm. so many ways? Yeah,
1: I feel really lucky that I ever worked there, so, mm. yeah. So,
0: how did you, or why did you decide to go into property management or into this particular industry at the age yeah. of 19?
1: Um, I was at uni at the yes. time, so, and then much to my parents' disappointment, I started <laughs> to leave uni. Yep. <laughs> um, you could and- have chosen
0: acting, they probably wouldn't have liked that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it could have been worse. Um, yeah. And I got a job, and I guess I just sort of fell into i i really thought that i wanted to be a sales agent so i started in sales and realized that quite early on that it wasn't um it wasn't all that easy when you're 18 you've never bought or sold a property Mm. um and i was looking at the property management department in that office thinking that actually looks i I quite liked that and i think that was more me so yeah so i I guess i started applying for property management positions and was lucky enough to work with andrew reese and the Mm. team at rentals so yes yeah
0: yes. so um, in your in your journey so now you're you know you have rental results which is a, a exclusively dealing in property management mm. um, why did you make the decision to go for a agency that deals exclusively in property management mm.
1: for me I just really enjoy property management so always have um, yes. and I guess now I'm 17 years into property management so um, I think when I started this... You're looking is- very well, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> 17 years in, a lot of people... Frazzled. About about as much hair l- l- as we have. <laughs> have. Yeah, that's
1: right. uh, uh, I mean, I think I, there's still a lot of things I actually really enjoy about the job in yes. the day-to-day um, property management area. So, um, yeah, so I'd, at this stage, like I... I've looked I do have another business now, a marketing company as well, but I still really enjoy what I do. So mm. Yeah.
0: And do you think that's a secret in in obviously in you know, in your business that you're in now, but in in business in general to, to seek out the things that you enjoy? Like what like why is it you're seventeen years in and still smiling?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I think people talk about being in flow in business and I think like if you're doing what you do and you actually are good at it and you're enjoying it, then it doesn't actually feel like work. So, yes. um, and I mean, there's definitely things within the business that I'm not so good at and I'm well aware of that. And mm. um, I just try and delegate or, or outsource or, you know, I'm, I'm not the one doing those parts of the business. Other yes. people are, so, yeah.
0: Mm. And it's funny actually, because like I... I've gone. I'm starting to go back to the gym, um, and I've been going there now for a few months. and the And the PT that sees me once a week, Lisa, she she um, says that you, you know, she's always said to me, you always seem to have such a strong fortitude and your focus and everything that you're doing in business. And I think it's a um, I think it's a, a, a rarer factor uh, than a lot of people would admit. But with that in mind, I, I think a lot of people that are in business, if they ha- if they're given the right framework or structure or guidance. Um, like the, the the gap in knowledge around doing the stuff that you're doing like imagine going back 17 years ago now could you see yourself doing back then what you're doing now
1: oh no no way and even when i started um, rental results you know five and a half years ago I've learned so much yes. over that time but not just from running a business but also from doing a lot of courses and education con- yeah constantly yeah. learning so over that time i've I've probably spent over 150000 in educating myself just mm. on, you know, how to take the business to another level, all that sort of stuff. So, mm. And yeah. what about
0: consultation as well? Have you have you sought the advice of others along with the education that you've had?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I've had, yeah, pretty much a, a different business mentor and I've had even the same business mentor the whole time. So, mm. yeah.
2: yeah. So what are you seeing as the biggest um, problem or challenge for real estate businesses right now?
1: Yeah, I think there's probably a few areas like where... Um, we're sort of seeing in the marketplace, in or in the industry itself, there's a lot of new competitors coming in. There's mm. um, automation, there's um, technology, there's, and I guess it's getting harder and harder um, as customer expectations increase, and as a business we need to continue to remain profitable. So we're constantly having to evolve. Yeah. Yes,
0: yeah, and just and just on that, so around around the evolution. Uh, technology is obviously playing a really big part mm. and it's enabling businesses now to do more. But in the same way, technology can go the opposite way where it ends up going and sucking up a lot of the time in a business and the efficiency in a business. Yeah. What what sort of secrets have you found around what you're doing to integrate? Because what were you saying to me uh, when we met up last that you invest, that each team member invests a certain amount of time? Mm. In, what was that?
1: So we're all about being high tech, high touch. Yes. Um, So to make sure that we're really efficient, but also we don't want to lose that relationship or that client focus, because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's why people come to us, because they want that um, service delivery. So I think for us, um, we sat down, we often sit down as a team and we go through, well, how can we improve our service? What can we do that makes us better and where can we you know continue to to push that benchmark up Mm. um and we now have a team member so once a a month um that team member comes to us so an hour a week is allocated to looking at all different types of technology within the industry but also within the business Yes. Um, and then we they trial that over that month's period so and then at the end of the month they come to us with you know maybe the top one or two that they think we should implement and then we put that into the business so mm.
0: um,
1: and it's sort of voted on by everyone
0: okay and that's really so that's the process you use for it to work well because it like I said you can you can get bogged down in technology and overlapping yes. technologies so yeah
1: and I think the fact that everyone has to agree that this is going to be not only good for our business and more efficiency but also for our clients because that you can spend a lot on subscriptions Mm. um, and I guess you know you don't want to continually be increasing those those overheads for your business but you also want to be be able to implement new new systems and technology that are going to actually help you and your team Mm.
0: and that's interesting because you're the boss Mm. so collectively do you decide definitely So it's
1: not all about me at all. (laughs) Um, And I think, you know, everyone for us to work as a team um, and I think, you know, every decision we make, I try and involve the team. So whatever I'm doing, whether it's in the business um, or even in my new business, I'm always looking for information or ideas or I value their opinion. So
2: Mm. You've grown your team from a team of one when Mm. you first started being you. Have you found that? Has that been a challenge? Has that been, I suppose, exciting? Um
1: uh, yeah, I, it is a challenge um, and' it's, I don't think anyone comes in from day one and is you know an amazing leader. Yeah. Um, I think at the beginning when I first started the business it was it was really hard. So you walk into um, an office, you've got no emails coming in, you've got no business, no one knows what, who rental results is. Um, so you've got to create that momentum and traction so, yeah, so I've definitely learned a lot along the way and I'm yep. still evolving. Um, and I now know like, okay, well, my strengths are not in this place, but they are here. So it, whereas at the beginning you don't have that luxury to say, okay, well, I'm not so good at this. Mm. You have to do everything. So. Or is it
2: confidence too, um, more than luxury? Do you, Is it one of those things where you go, oh, I, I don't think I can do it? Because sitting from the outside, looking in, rental results where you hit the ground running from day one, it just worked. mm
1: Oh, That's the outside not. perception, <laughs> isn't it? <Yeah. laughs> but yeah. way, it was. No, I and mean, what? I wish I wish that was true, but there was a lot of times in that first year where I was doing everything, and mm. it was just exhausting. Like it takes away from you know your actual personal life. Yeah. So, um, yes, there's a lot of sacrifice and starting a business. I I love it now, and I don't regret ever starting. Um, and I think you know from the very beginning from my first employee. So my first employee was um, Sharon and she, I just, I knew her from CrossFit. She hadn't worked for um, quite a few years. She had a daughter. She only wanted to work school hours. So I was literally training her up from scratch. So
0: CrossFit? Yeah. So not from the industry? No, not from real
1: estate. Yeah. How did that go? Well, Mm. um, so yeah, she just had a really good attitude. She loved property, but yeah I guess that was that was interesting times because you're training someone as well as yeah you know yeah. yeah as
0: well as doing the do yes so now in your business uh like I remember we also spoke about it as a result of a lot of the efficiencies you put in place um, when you first started how many hours were you working a week and how are you mm. how is that looking now
1: Uh, yeah. So when I first started, I don't even want to think about how many (laughs) hours I was working. Um, yeah, it was, and it was probably for that first year. That was, that was the hardest year in business. Um, yeah, yeah, because you don't have a lot of money. You've got a lot of overheads. You've still got, you know, your mortgages and your normal expenses. Um, and so now I probably like realistically, I probably only need to be here maybe two days a week. Yes. Um,
0: and your team as well, they, they are normally, Finishing around five each day as well.
1: Definitely, yeah. Which
0: is is that still unheard of in this industry? Um, it's getting more and more heard of. I
2: don't know. All, 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 all my clients seem to have that luxury. And when yeah. you were
0: when you were working, Damien, back on the tools, you were a six day a week person, weren't you? Well, six day a week, mm. well, yeah.
2: six, day, six days a week. And yeah, it's a six day a week. Well, it's an even seven day a week industry now. But, mm. So, I through
1: automations, mm. yeah. If it wasn't for outsourcing and also automation, I don't think I'd still be in the industry. Mm-hmm. I think I would have been well burnt out before now.
0: Yeah, and without without, I mean, I know you're a client uh, that was, we've been working together, and you mentioned outsourcing, but I think that that's uh, the, the thing that I've noticed with you know your business and, and yourself and how you've driven it is your just efficiencies, overall efficiencies. Whilst that's a component of it, it's it's a component of an overall big picture that mm. you've managed to
1: achieve. Yeah. I was really apprehensive about outsourcing, if you obviously (laughs) remember, a few years ago. And I guess now, um, yeah, I just think if you're not doing it or you're not looking at outsourcing and automation and, you know, technology and all these things in your business to try and make your life better, but also the experience that your customers receive, um, then you're crazy because... Who who you wouldn't be in business, and I think there's probably a few times in that first year where I didn't have any of that, mm. where I really seriously considered whether that was a good decision for me.
0: Yeah, and even even taking it that next step further, obviously you know there's the, the niceties and retaining clients and and treating your staff well, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the um, the financial gains as well, mm. uh, you know, just through implementing efficiencies into your business uh, through all the different methods that you mentioned. I mean, because that's why you know as a business owner you're here. Yeah. And um and whilst it's I mean, whilst it's, you know, all great, uh, I'm aware of a number of people that we've spoken to that when it comes down to it, they're like, we're the business owner, you know, we're putting bread and, you know, bread and water onto our table. So that's where we have to really focus and hone in on.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Mm.
0: So
2: let's talk about change. What do you see? So from now it's automation. What do you see as the next big change over the next couple of years Mm. for real estate as an industry?
1: I mean, I think for for our industry to remain um, to even remain still viable, we need to be looking at profitability and Mm. also, you know, where so to trim all the fat as much as possible. Because as the competition increases, so too will you know our profits will compress. So I think it's really important to make sure we're looking at that and also, um, you know, really working out. Okay, well, what can we streamline within the business? What can we automate to make you know to make our office more. Make
2: your customer experience better.
1: Yeah, and also make sure we're here in the future.
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, I agree. Especially, like, I mean, we just touched on it beforehand. Um, people have been asking in the industry around, around AI and some of that automation. Mm. Do you see that as being a bit of a disruptor in the industry?
1: I do, but I also believe that at the end of the day, we're still managing someone's most expensive asset. So I think they'll always want to put that trust within a human's hands. Yes, yes so i don't feel that we're going to be completely redundant i feel like there's going to be a lot of um technology and you know ai and things that will, will come into our day-to-day existence that um will help us and be able to deliver that higher level of service because but at the end of the day there's still going to be a client who wants to speak to another human who's responsible for that expensive yeah, asset a
0: knowledgeable human
1: I think so yeah so as a team like we need to really completely upskill mm. to not only be you know anyone can essentially collect the rent or you know go and do a routine inspection without all that much knowledge um, you have to have, you know, there's a little bit of knowledge involved but um, but I think at the end of the day it's where we will have the value is by being able to look at like provide owners with information on how are we going to actually be able to increase that rental return how can we provide value by giving them advice around getting higher capital gains? So it's more that high level stuff as opposed to, you know, just doing our basic job. Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm. And I know um, you mentioned before with increased competition, stress on stress on margins and stuff like that. So how how do you stand out? How yeah. do how do, you, how do you make yourself? How do you make rental results different from the business down the road or someone that's coming into the industry? How do they start up and actually differentiate themselves from their competitors?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's something that we look at every month because it's something that constantly evolves. So it's not sort of uh, this is how you do it and this is in you won't have to ever change. So um, and we're always looking at like our marketing. So, you know, how can we improve that? So mm. every week we're looking at, um, you know, what, what are we doing now? What can we do better? We've mapped out our entire customer service journey from our tenants perspective, also our clients, like our landlords perspective. Um, So, it's always just how can we evolve? How can we make our service better? Mm. Um, As a side
0: question, I mean, like we said from the outside, you know, your growth story is is fantastic. Uh, Obviously, you know, you had the challenges along the way, like you mentioned. mm -hmm. Um, Do you have people come and talk to you and ask you how you did it? (laughs) Like, is that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess every now and then someone will sort of ask. Ask how that's been done, but yeah, mm. not, probably not not a lot, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I mean, aside from like you, obviously, you you speak quite a fair amount up in, on stage and in front of people around. Is it normally around your growth journey? Like, what did, what sort of conversations are you having when you're talking to crowds?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm speaking at a conference this weekend, all about how to differentiate your business in a competitive mm. marketplace. And I think you know, it's all around. You know, well, what can we do different? How can we continue to increase or or change our marketing? So, yes. in, like, I've mentioned before I've got a marketing degree so mm. for me it's um, that's probably the thing I enjoy most about business is yes. you know really understanding well who your target market is defining you know how we're going to reach that market where our marketing focus is going to be whether it's online or offline strategies so mm. yeah
0: fantastic well we're at that stage now where we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and ask you the hot seat
1: questions okay
0: turn up the heat of the in the um, in the room <laughs> And then we get to know a little bit more about Lauren. Lauren, okay. so sounds, sounds good.
1: Yeah, perfect. Okay,
0: excellent. Ooh. Back in a moment. Okay, welcome back to the hot seat, powered by Affordable Staff. We have Lauren here now. That we're going to put you on the hot seat.
1: Okay. And
0: we, and during the break, you are telling a story of your. Um, sorry about this. <laughs> I'm going to do this. <laughs> um, during the break, you're telling uh, telling us about the um, about your parents. Yeah. And then what was your first degree? You said. Uh,
1: so I started off doing science, yes. and obviously moved here from New South Wales. Living with a group of friends, and my parents are like, Okay, we're gonna pay your rent whilst you're at uni. But Mm. after a year of science, I realized I didn't wanna be at uni anymore. So I dropped out, and they're like, Okay, well, time to get a job. So, yes, yes, it's the real world. It worked out. It did. (laughs) It did.
0: Okay, so we're at that stage where we're going to ask you the hot seat questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a series of questions. If you can't think of an answer, you can say pass, and we can potentially come back to it depending on how we're going for time. Uh, And um, yeah, as uh, as quickly as you can answer would be fantastic. Sound okay, good? sounds good. Okay, excellent. Your number one bucket list item?
1: Oh, um, Machu Picchu. Oh,
0: the second person who said that. It's probably a um, common. Strangest thing you've ever eaten?
1: Oh, I'm oh, pass. Strangest place
0: you've ever visited?
1: <laughs> um, uh, Morocco. How come Morocco? Um, why is it strange? Mm. Or oh, just culture culturally? Yeah, different. Yeah
0: uh describe yourself in three words
1: oh uh probably driven um maybe playful and oh um
0: i'd say decisive
1: Decisive?
0: (laughs) (laughs) how would you spend the first three hours of your day
1: uh okay so normally i try to do meditation in the morning usually exercise and then coming into work typically if it's a if it's a weekday Mm. Favourite drink? Ah, uh, cocktail.
0: Something interesting nobody knows about you?
1: <laughs> oh, can I think about that one? Yeah, we'll come back to that okay. one. I'm definitely gonna come well, back that's to that a one. Hard one. <laughs> Would you prefer
0: to be invisible or be able to fly? Fly. A mistake that ended up being a success? Um,
1: probably I initially, before I started this business, I, I was going to go into business with someone else and that I'd resigned from my previous job where mm. I worked with Damien. Um, and then that fell through. The night I resigned. So sure. yeah. So I was officially unemployed a week before Christmas. Stressful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it all worked out.
0: Yes. Um, what is your biggest non-negotiable?
1: Mm, um, can I pass for that one? And come back. <laughs> Morning or night. And more night.
0: Weapon of choice.
1: It doesn't have to be a physical weapon. <laughs> I know, I'm just
0: trying to think. <laughs> um, an interview recently, it was a camera, someone said pen, someone said phone. Keyboard, keyboard's a keyboard. common. Oh, probably And phone. a number of property managers, they said knives and axes. Oh, God. So, <laughs> 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 uh, biggest fear?
1: Um, I guess not living a fulfilled life.
0: Mm. Uh, if you weren't doing what you were doing now, what would you be doing?
1: Um, oh, I'd i'm doing what i want to do but i guess probably marketing
0: or a scientist (laughs) (laughs) yeah university or school of hard knocks
1: um well i did do i did go to university but i feel like hard knocks probably gets you further
0: Mm. what advice would you give to an 18 year old lauren
1: um maybe don't focus so much on have thinking you have to follow a certain path to go Mm. to uni there's definitely other options
0: Mm. monday or friday friday one item you couldn't live without
1: Oh, my mobile, sadly. Cats or dogs? <laughs> dogs.
0: And before I ask the last question, um, you can either answer something no interesting nobody knows about you or your biggest non-negotiable. Oh.
1: No, um, okay. I guess something interesting would be possibly that I um, have... Like I'm, I have a lot of hobbies in my garage that I start to do and then I I walk away from So surfing, cycling, those types of things.
0: Yes. You can have a garage sale soon. (laughs) Yeah. I
1: definitely need a big garage.
0: And how much money is enough?
1: Um, For me, it's not about the money. Um, I mean, obviously we're all, it makes you more comfortable, but I think it's, it's, you need to be doing what you enjoy.
0: Mm, Fantastic. That's it. Okay. Did it go right? Yeah. Okay, so we're at that point of the show where we basically go through and we ask you to do a plug where you can talk about anything that you have going on in your business. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, and yeah. so what do you have going on that you'd like to talk about awesome. right now?
1: Awesome. Well, I guess the new business that I've just started, so laurenrobinson.com.au. Yes. So we've got a marketing course in there, which is a 10-week mastermind, So, and basically we work together for two accountability sessions per week over that 10-week period to make sure that people have a strategy for growth. Um, they come out with a marketing and branding strategy and also have a plan to move their business forward with with growing their rent rolls. Mm,
0: fantastic, yeah. so you said LaurenRobinson.com today, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Excellent, we'll include that in the show notes.
1: Excellent.
0: And um, yeah, that's it, awesome. we're done.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you very much, really appreciate you coming on the show today, yeah, Lauren, thank and um, thank you for the hot seat questions, it was really good. Yeah. And uh, thank you everybody for watching, and we'll talk to you all again soon.
1: Great, thanks. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode with Lauren. And before you go, I'd ask if you enjoyed this episode that you subscribe to our podcast, which you can find if you search for The Hot Seat wherever you listen to podcasts, especially on Spotify and Apple. Also, I wanted to remind you that The Hot Seat is 100% powered by affordable staff. And if I'm honest, we could not put it together without outsourcing. There's a lot of background work that goes into creating a podcast and this could not happen without outsourcing it to our overseas team. I record the content and then I send it offshore where they handle the video and audio edits, what you're hearing and seeing now, their website, which you may have seen, the podcast distribution, the marketing, and so, so much more. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of work that goes into this stuff. So I want to say a special thank you to our team in the Philippines. Okay, that's it. Thank you again for all of your support and listening to The Hot Seat and all of your feedback, which has been incredibly positive. And we look forward to talking to you in the next episode of The Hot Seat.